What is happening, people of the interwebs? Welcome back to another episode of Jesus and Coffee. Man, I don't know about you, but there is a lot happening that's making me scratch my head. There is so much happening around us that's so strange, starting with the the global pandemic uh, at the beginning of this year, coming into the riots and protests that are happening right now. There's a, a storm that just hit Louisiana out of the Gulf. There's been earthquakes. Like, there are so many things happening that are pointing me to say, what's going on around here? What What is happening on this earth? And uh, in this episode of the Jesus and Coffee Show, I actually get a chance to sit down with uh, the pa- pastor, Chris Ward. He's the teaching pastor at Friends Church, the church that I attend. Um, and we actually got to talk. I got to ask him a lot of questions about, is this the end? What does the Bible say about the end of the world? How does this relate to that? And and then what do we do about it? Where, where do we go as Christians? How do we address this? How do we talk about it? And what is it that we can look to to say, this brings me comfort, this gives me confidence, uh, and really just just kind of wanting to have some sort of clarity on it. Uh, we all, Ultimately, um, Chris gives a lot of great insight, and he's actually doing a study on Revelation right now. If you want to go to friends.church slash Revelation, you can go there, and it's a 12-week course that he's going to go through and break down Revelation. He did one week already, so we're we're into week two this week. It's fascinating. It's really great. He's breaking it all down. Anyways, go there if you want to check it out. Uh, but without further ado, let's get to my interview with Pastor Chris Ward, where I ask him the question, is this the end of the world? Uh, well, Chris, how are you holding up, man? How are things going? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm holding up pretty good. I think all things considered, um, you know, staying at home, kids are staying at home. And so that's a new adventure for all of us. But you know what? God is good. I mean, and I don't just say that in a cliche way. He's good. He's been with us. He's given both my wife and I the, the strength to make it through. And so we're, we're doing good. Yeah, we are. That's awesome. All right. So the reason that we're here today is kind of the big question that I've been seeing a lot. And there's a lot of articles. There's a lot of stuff out there that's saying, hey, coronavirus, this is the end of the world. And then there's the other side. Hey, this isn't the end of the world. And there's a lot yeah. of us, me included, that are very confused. Like what's <laughs> from a biblical perspective, Chris, let me ask you the question. Is this the end of the world? Yeah, well, l- let me, I got to, you know, all, these, these, all these questions, these are nuanced. You know, you have to be very nuanced in order to, to reflect the biblical witness on this. So the first thing I'd say to that question is this. The fact that we are asking that question is a very Christian thing to do, you know, because the, one of the unique beliefs that we have, and it's, you know, it is very unique, is that we do believe that there, this world as it is right now is not going to last forever. You know, there is coming a day when we believe that Jesus is going to return and he's going to set up a kingdom on this earth and there's going to be a new heavens and a new earth eventually. And so that that is a very uniquely Christian thing that we live in light of. And one of the things that the Bible makes clear is that we are always to live in light of the fact that Jesus could return anytime. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible talks about how Jesus can, re- you know, the, the end of the world, the return of Christ is going to happen like a thief in the night. And the idea behind a thief in the night is you don't know when a thief in the night is going to come. And so you always need to be prepared. So we always need to live in light, no matter what is going on, even if things seem really peaceful, we always need to live in light of the fact that Jesus can return at any moment. Now, that being said, the Bible does give us some sort of indication, some clues of some events that are going to happen right up until right preceding the return of Christ. 
And as I look at what is going on right now and in the world around us, and I compare that to what the Bible says, what Jesus says in Matthew 24 is, is for example, one chapter, what, what John says in the book of Revelation, the things that we are experiencing right now do not really line up with the prophecies that we are given in Scripture for the events that are going to happen right before the end of the world. There's, there's things that have to take place in Israel and in Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the temple. Um, you know, there, there is persecution of Christians going on around in the world right now, but not to the extent that it seems like the Bible says it's going to happen before the end of the world. And so when, when I see the clues that Scripture gives us in what's going on right now, Definitely. I, I just don't think that they line up that, that this is quite, you know, the the end of the world. Now, definitely, the Bible does say that, that worldwide diseases and famines and those sorts of things are, are part of what may happen. But um, there's a lot more that's supposed to happen as well. The other thing I'd say is this, and this is not a very comforting thing, Todd. I'm, I'm sorry. But what? the other thing I'd Come on. this is that, uh, you know, the, the way that the Bible describes the events leading right up until the return of Christ uh, and what we're going through. I mean, the, the Bible seems to, this is tough, what we're going through, make no question about it. But the Bible seems to indicate that things are going to get a lot more difficult than what we're experiencing right now. And so the, the level of difficulty we're going through compared to what Scripture says is going to happen before the end of the world, um, it, th- those things don't line up. And so if you were to ask me, uh, is, this, is this the end of the world? I would say no. Um, however, it could turn at any moment. You know, things could get even worse at any moment. And we need to live in light of that. But let me say this, okay? The, the end of the world for Christians gives us hope. It doesn't give us fear. And that's consistent throughout Scripture. The, 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 the hope that we have is that, you know, this world doesn't exist right now. is coming to an end. And Jesus is going to return. And he's going to set all things right. And so we, we are to live in light of the hope of the end of the world, the hope of the return of Christ. We're not to live in fear of what may happen because God is in control and he's He's with us and he's going to protect us. And so that that actually brings me to an interesting question because I think it's, it's very prevalent that people are concerned, especially Christians are concerned the end of the end of the world is coming, but there is a fear and you make a great point that we should be excited about the end of the world. I mean, not necessarily leading up to it because it's not going to be easy. However, why do you think so many Christians are afraid of the end of the world, or is fear not what's happening? What do you see there? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think there is a um, uh, a general fear that all of us have with uncertainty mm-hmm. and with uh, you know the idea that things are going to be difficult. I think in America, especially, we have been spared from a lot of difficulties and hardships that um, you know even other countries have been through, and we. We've gotten quite comfortable with some of the comforts that we have, and there is a legitimate fear of the unknown of what's going to happen when some of those things uh, might be taken away from us. And so, I completely understand that that fear that's involved. And you know, the Bible the Bible doesn't pull any punches. It will be difficult, and there will be you know persecution for Christians, and there will be you know tough experiences that Christians have to go through. So, I, I completely understand the fear, you know, but. You know, in the Bible, the, the reason why we're given a glimpse of the end of the world and the return of Jesus is ultimately to give us hope that um, that the it, Paul puts it in Romans that the sufferings of this present world are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed when Jesus returns. And so, even if we have to suffer for a little while, um, 
the the reward we get in return for that is going to far outweigh that that it doesn't even make sense to compare the sufferings to the reward because what we're going to receive is so great yeah and you you also touched on something there that the american church like we we're yes. really comfortable yeah. you talk about persecution we don't hardly deal with it at all and now yeah. there's so many people that are up in arms because well we can't meet in person at church and so there's this big uh backlash of of pastors and and Christians in general saying that this is this is horrible and and they're calling it persecution would you say that this is persecution or what what is what is this no, I mean I no I wouldn't I I put to persecution um you know if if this were uh the only gatherings that can't meet are our churches you know that's persecution if, if this is not a targeted sort of issue I mean all ma- mass gatherings all groups of you know 10 or more or whatever it is are not able to meet and so the persecution, you know, true persecution is targeted because you're a Christian, because you believe what you believe, you know, we're going to try to put an end to that. We're going to try to put a stop to that. And that's that's just not what we're experiencing right now. Yeah, I think I, that's that's what I feel. But I just didn't know, like, if that was accurate or if I was being naive and saying that this was more than it than I feel like it is. Uh, so yeah, that's, if, that's if, comforting. If things get back to normal. They say everybody can meet except for churches, you know, then, then, yeah, then we're facing something different there. But right now I, I don't see that. Yeah. And, okay. And if you talk to our brothers and sisters in other countries, you know, what, what we're going through is, is absolutely not, not persecution. Oh yeah. I mean, we get, we get comments from people in Africa and, and in, uh, we got some from Spain this last week for Easter. And there are people in countries that are, that are dealing with a completely different set of circumstances, regardless of Corona or COVID-19. Like, Yes. Yes. Yeah. We have no idea how good we have it. I think, and we take that for granted. So, okay. Next question, Chris. If this is not the end of the world, if if this isn't if this isn't the end of the world, this is really bad. So, what is this biblically? What what is this? What are we dealing with? Yeah. 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 So, um, there's a passage that everybody needs to read in Matthew chapter 24, and Jesus is speaking here, and it's one of Jesus's uh, talks that he gives on. The events leading up to the end of the world. And he says in Matthew 24, he says that there's going to be seasons in life uh, as we get closer to the end of the world uh, that are going to be filled with difficulties. He talks of wars and rumors of wars. He talks of worldwide famines. He talks of those sorts of difficulties. And what he says is he says something very interesting. He says, this is not the end. You know, this the end has not yet come, but these are what he calls the birth pains. And what he means by that is that if you if you've ever given birth before, and for the record, I haven't, but I have Nor been present, <laughs> right? But I've been present for the birth of, of my three kids. And one of the things you know about the, the the labor process, the delivery process, is that you know as you get closer to the delivery of the child, especially twenty four hours, forty eight hours before you know a, a baby comes into this world, um, you, a woman starts having contractions. And the way it works is there's a, a period of intense pain. And then, you know, there's a period of relief and then there's a period of intense pain and there's a period of relief. And the closer you get to the delivery of a baby, um, the, the more intense those painful experiences come and the, the more frequent they are together. So at first it's 10 minutes apart and then it's eight minutes apart. And then when it's five minutes apart, you're supposed to go to the hospital or call the doctor. And then it gets to a point where it's like a minute apart, 30 seconds apart. And that means that delivery is about ready to happen. So. What Jesus seems to indicate by using that phrase birth pains is he says that leading up to the end of the world, there are going to be seasons 
of extreme difficulty. There are going to be seasons of, of hard times. Um, and then that's going to be followed by a time of relative peace. And then there's going to be another season where things get difficult again. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, diseases, that sort of thing. And then there's going to be a season of relief. And then it's going to get difficult again. And the closer we get to the end of the world, the more frequent those seasons of difficulties are going to become. And the, uh, the, the less time we'll have in the sort of peaceful everything, quote unquote, back to normal. So I look at what we're going through right now. And I would say this is this is what is called a birthing. This is a sign. This is a reminder of the fact that there is an end coming. We're in a season of difficulty. My prediction is in a few months, things will return to normal. There'll be relative peace. And then however long away, there, there's going to be another season of difficulty. And then there'll be peace and then difficulty. And those will get closer and closer together until we finally get to the sequence that the Bible says will mark the, the very end. Um, one thing I want to say that's really interesting uh, about all of this, Todd, is that, you know, the, the Bible does talk about kind of worldwide diseases and famines being a part of these birth pains and being a part of the end of the world. And what's interesting is when the Bible was written, the idea of a, of a truly worldwide disease was not possible because travel was not, you know, people were localized. They stayed in their individual regions for the most part. Uh, there, there wasn't the ability for a disease to really go worldwide like there is today. And so when John and Matthew, when they talk about these things that are going to happen, they were talking about something that was impossible really at the time. And yet here we are 2000 years later. And because of mass travel, we're experiencing exactly what they talk about, which is a worldwide pandemic, a worldwide sickness. And so that to me gives me you know, some idea of just the validity of scripture. Like they, they were talking about things that weren't possible and now it is possible. But, I, but to answer your question, I think we're going through one of those birth pain sort of seasons right now. Uh, would you say that because it's global, that's what makes it a birth pain? Because we've had we've had diseases and, and viruses kind of go not this global and not this fast for sure. Yeah. But there has been pandemics over the years, but this seems to be the most global. Is it is it because it's global and not just like a national situation? Is that what makes it? more of in the birth pain category or what what makes the differentiation yeah that's a great question I, I think I think there is something to be said about the uniqueness of what we're going through right now that it is worldwide and I think that you know there is there is you know I think there's a collective birth pain that we're going through and I think that the end of the world will be a collective thing that everybody goes through at exactly the same time and then I also think that there are there are you know localized difficulties localized you know, things that can happen that are all of these are, are reminders that the world is preparing and that God is preparing for the, the new creation for, you know, the, the end, the end of contractions, the end of birth pangs in a delivery process is a baby. The end of all of these birth pangs will be this new heaven and this new earth that, that God creates. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that makes a lot more sense. Cause I'm, I'm thinking through this as, as I'm, I'm hearing you talk about this, and I'm I'm reading these stories and uh, some of the the biblical stuff, and I'm just trying to make sure it lines up um, because that's one of the things I think some people are just jumping into, like, oh, it's something bad, it's the end of the world. I mean, I think that's kind of yeah. been consistent through hi human history. Um, yes, and that's the other caution. Every generation has always believed that they're the last generation, you know, and so we always need to have caution whenever we talk about that. Um, you know, if you were to ask me, I could I would say the end of the world could be 
uh, 10 years away. It could be 100 years away. It could be 1,000 years away. We need to remember that with God, a day is like 1,000 years, and 1,000 years is like a day. He is not in a rush. You know, he, he will do things according to his time. And that's why, again, the biblical witness is we just always need to be ready. We always need to be prepared. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so uh, the other thing that I think I've seen and and some of the things that are lining up that somebody asked a question about online is talking about Old Testament plagues. Like there was the the story of the locusts that are happening in, I think it's in Egypt or in Africa yeah. or something like that, and then like lining yeah. up with the coronavirus and people are saying it's like Egypt all over again with, with, uh, with Moses. Like is... Is, is there any correlation to that at all, or is it just something that kind of happened? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, uh, the, the story of the plagues and the story of the exodus uh, in the Bible becomes a, a picture and a uh, model for what the, the destruction of the world is going to look like, you know? And so these plagues that we see in—I mean, all of this is a model— that, that God gave us a picture of in Egypt to say, hey, this is going to happen again, only it's not going to happen again just in Egypt. It's going to happen on a more global scale. And so, you know, Joel talks about locusts devouring crops, and, you know, the, the Old Testament prophets talk about that, that are going to be accompanying the, the day of the world. And so, yes, it's, it's very interesting that you look in Africa right now, and that's exactly, you know, what seems to be happening. And, you know, it's just, it, it should give us a sense of, uh, you know, because there are people who look at us Christians and say, you're talking about the end of the world. That's crazy. Why are you talking about that? Yeah. And for us to be able to point back and say, well, look, look at these signs, look at these symbols, you know, they're they're appearing in the world around us. And so it gives us that sort of encouragement that, yeah, what Scripture says is true and what we believe is true. Yeah, that's it. It was just <laughs> when I saw the locust thing, I was like, what? Yeah. That's that's so weird. Like that was really really yeah. the timing thing was super weird. There was a comment on on the internet that uh, someone said after the locust thing, and then there was an earthquake in Seattle or in Salt Lake City. Yeah. Uh, uh, someone said, uh, you know, just one horseman of the apocalypse at a time, please. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because there, I mean, there is a lot. You know, there is a lot. Definitely, there's there's a lot going on right now. Yeah. Well, and you make the comment. You know, it's it's not going to be easy. The, the when no. we get to the place where we are getting through the tribulation and those end times situations, it is not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. So we and I think we all part kind of anticipate that, and our human nature is to con- be worried and and concerned about that, just yeah. in general. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so something else that that makes me think of the the locusts and talking about Egypt and the reason that those plagues came was it was a judgment thing because Pharaoh wasn't letting the Israelites out. Is this judgment? Is this something that's coming down from God saying, I'm judging this world because of how we are? Is is this judgment? Yeah, so that, you know, that's a, um, this is a very touchy question. Um, and, and, and the reason why is because um, it's, you know, in, in the Old Testament, whenever God gave a judgment, he preceded that judgment with a warning from a prophet, Okay. In the era of the New Testament, we don't quite have that same warning from a prophet. You know, I, I don't believe prophets exist today like they did in the Old Testament. So we don't have a prophet like a Amos or a Joel coming and telling us this is going to happen. What we have is the New Testament. You know, that that's our prophecy for what we're going through. So um, there's a couple of things I'd say when it comes to the idea of judgment. First of all, the, the end of the world, you know, the, the, the Bible makes it clear that when, when, you know, right before Jesus returns, there is a sense in which very, you know, the, the wrath of God is going to be poured out on mankind. And that is absolutely a judgment. God is going to judge the world 
for its sinfulness, for its lack of care for him and lack of care and concern for other people. And so when we do get to the end of the world, that, that will absolutely be the judgment of God upon this world. So we need, to, we need to recognize that. We need to recognize that God is angry at the way that we uh, don't treat others, love him and love others in the way that we're supposed to. And judgment is coming as a result of that. Um, is what we're going through specifically, though, the judgment, if it's not the end of the world, is, is what we're going through specifically the judgment of God? Um, I would say that any time we go through, you know, uh, let me put it this way, okay? When people talk about, so there's another question that gets asked as well. Is this the will of God? Okay, so let me deal yes. with that question first. Is this the will of God? Whenever that question gets asked, um, of, of difficulties like what we're experiencing, I always struggle with that. And the reason why is because I, I always go, when, when you really want to know the will of God for this world, you need to go to Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and you need to go to Revelation chapter 21 and 22. That's the will of God for this world. And if you look at those places in the Bible, you see that God's original plan for this world and God's ultimate goal for this world is no death, no disease, no sickness, no sadness even. Mm. All of that is done away with. That's what God wants for this world. That's what God had planned for this world. That's God's desire for his creation. All the other stuff that we are facing, sickness, death, disease, all of that, that, that wasn't God's plan. That was a result of our sin in this world. That was a result of us bringing, rebelling against God and bringing into this world what God didn't want to have in this world, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I, there's a sense in which I, I struggle with saying things like this are, are the will of God, you know, because I, I don't think God, God didn't cause these things. We're the ones who brought these into the world, yeah. you know? And so, but, but at the same time, you know, there is this idea that God is sovereign. God is in control. God can stop anything that he wants to. And obviously he allowed this to happen. And that's why theologians, they make a distinction between what they call the declarative will of God, which are those things God directly causes, and the permissible will of God, which is are those things that God allows, but he doesn't cause. Okay, uh, so there's the things that God causes, and then the things that God doesn't cause, but he allows. And I believe all sickness, evil. I mean, that ultimately comes from the enemy. That comes from this fallen world that, that we are in. But God does allow it, okay? So that's that's how I think about it when it comes to the will of God. I don't think God caused this, but definitely God could have stopped it, and he didn't. He allowed it. Yeah. And so that, that leads into the judgment of God. One of the things that's interesting in Scripture is that the, the judgment of God often in Scripture, not always, but often in Scripture, is God actually giving people what they want and what they ask for. Okay, so in Romans chapter one, it talks about how when people rebel against God, what God does is this phrase is repeated several times. It says God gave them over to their desires. God gave them over. God gave them what they wanted. God removed his protection. He removed his blessing and he allowed people. He said, okay, this is what you if you want a world without me, this is what a world without me looks like. Yeah. And that is sort of the feeling that I get right now when it comes to what we're going through. Uh, there, there's a great quote. Let me read it to you. I've, I've read it. Uh, I've read it before in services. But there is a great quote by Anne Graham Lotz following September 11th. And one of the questions about September 11th was, you know, did, how could this happen? How could God have allowed this to happen? And this is what Anne Graham Lotz said. This is the the daughter of Billy Graham. This is what she said on a news program. 
She said, uh, I, I say that God is also angry when he sees something like this. I would say also for several years now, she said Americans, but I would say the world, the world in a sense have shaken their fist at God and said, God, we want you out of our schools, our government, our business. We want you out of our marketplace. And God, who is a gentleman, has just quietly backed out of our national and political life, our public life, removing his hand of blessing and protection. We need to turn to God, first of all, and say, God, we're sorry we have treated you this way. And we invite you now to come into our life. We put our trust in you. We have our trust in God on our coins, she says, and we need to practice. Hmm. Wow. And so that just a, a powerful sense of, I, I think that can be repeated exactly for what we're going through right now. You know, mankind as a whole has sort of shaken their fists at God and said, God, we don't want you. We don't need you. And God, I think, says, okay, you know, this is what you want. This is what happens when I remove my blessing and, and protection from you. And, and that is in scripture, uh, the, the wrath, the wrath of God. It is the judgment of God. And so I think that's how I would frame what we're going through right now. Let me say a couple of caveats to that, if I can. Okay. okay. First of all, you believe in scripture that God never allows anything if it cannot be used for his glory and if it cannot be used for the good of those who love him, you know? And so even in this difficulty, it is being used for his glory and it is being used for our good. And we could spend an hour talking about the number of positive things that have come out of this for Christians and the way that God has been glorified and people have turned to their faith in him. The other thing I would say is this. Um, I've been spending some time recently in John chapter 11 where uh, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Mm -hmm. And before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he, he is surrounded by all the people who are mourning Lazarus's death. And uh, it's in this section that we find the shortest verse in our Bibles. It's John eleven thirty five, and it simply says, Jesus wept, yeah. you know? And yeah. so when, when you look at God's, if we want to get a picture of God's reaction to what is going on in the world, God, God weeps. He's sad. This is not his plan for the world. This is what, not what he wanted. All of this is not his design for the world. It, it, the sickness, the disease, the, the isolation that we're feeling, this is not God's plan. And so even if this is, in a sense, the judgment of God, God does not take the light, I don't believe, in, in, in all the, the, the sadness that's going on, because this isn't what he wants for his children. He wants something better. And uh, that's going to happen one day when, when Jesus returns. So very long answer, but that's, that's how I would say it. it, it you know, there's, there's just so many complicated issues in all of this that we have to, we have to you know, try to look at it from many different angles and many different sides. Yeah, and I think this a lot of the the things I hear people say also relates to why does God let good or bad things happen to good people? I think the, in a gist of it, you're we're saying if God's removing Himself, things happen. Mm -hmm. He allows yeah. it. I like the way you put it: the permissive will versus what was the yes. other the other version? The yeah, the things that God allows versus the things that God causes. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a great distinction. I think that helps. That helps me. Uh, kind of put a mm -hmm. different perspective on this. So, okay. So uh, in, in all of this, when, when we're dealing with all this and we have issues where we're, we're feeling our human nature, which is our concern and our worry because we don't have control and we lose control and then we, st we just freak out. Is this something that should trigger for us? Because I think I see it a little bit and I think it could be, it could be greater. Is this something that should help us have a different perspective on how to change how we live our life. Is this, is this something that can frame how we, we are the church? Uh, mm -hmm. Or is this just something that we get through and 
um, back to life as normal. What what do you what do you see in that? I think I think one of the the reasons, one of the good things that God is bringing out of this for Christians is a reevaluation of just a number of things in our life and a reevaluation of how we how we live our lives and what's most important. I, I know for myself personally. Let me just talk about myself mm-hmm. in this. You know, I, I have always said, hey, I, I trust God. You know, I trust God. I trust God with everything. He's going to take care of me, all that sort of stuff. But it was really easy to say that when things were stable and yeah. things were fixed. And I knew what tomorrow was going to look like. And I knew what next week was going to look like. You know, now in this season where sort of the rug has been pulled out from underneath us, it, the, the real question is, OK, do I still trust God now? You know, do I still trust God in the midst of this and it was my faith being really placed in god or was my faith in a sense being placed on the certainty and the routine and the 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 regularness of my schedule that i knew you know where where our paychecks were going to come from and i knew all that and i knew that whenever i went to the store they would have what i needed and all of that sort of you know i so i think there was a i think my faith was in god but i think it was also in this consistency of life and now that consistency has been taken away and so it's really caused me to evaluate, you know, it's, it's um, in, in Matthew, Jesus talks about how, you know, don't not, do not worry about food and clothing, you know, because life is more than this. And it was really easy not to worry about food and clothing when there was no concern, you know, that you'd go to the supermarket and it would, they would have what you, what you needed. And now all of a sudden, you know, that those verses become much more real. And so I know for me, the question has been in this season, okay, in, when so much of my consistency and routine has been taken away, where do I really put my faith and trust? And and I am finding myself leaning more into God and leaning more into, okay, God, I have to trust. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. You know, that's always been true, but that's especially been true right now. And so I trust that you're here with me today and uh, you've provided what I need for today. And tomorrow is a whole nother day and it's a whole nother opportunity for you to provide and I'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. Right now, I'm so grateful that you've given today for me. And I, I, I'm no, I know I'm not alone in that. I know a lot of people are experiencing the same sort of renewed faith and trust in God, that he, he is faithful and he will meet us in the midst of this uncertainty. Yeah, I think having, having the comfort stripped away that we're used to is a big thing for us to—we I mean, we really, we really recognize what, how good we had it, the things we took for granted, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, so exactly. one, one question about that, the people that are in our lives that have kind of always had the issue where things aren't going right and, and not that they're, mm-hmm. they're saying they're a victim and they're not, but really the people that, that don't have the comfort that maybe you and I have, um, or the people around us have in this season, things are probably much worse than normal mm-hmm. for them. How do we as Christians, without just giving platitudes of like, trust God, be faithful, like there is some real suffering that people are going through that we may not be able to directly relate to because we've not necessarily been there, but how do we show empathy and care to those people as the church without making them feel like, well, you know, you'll get over it. It's fine. Have you, have you thought about that? I mean, I, I, I think, um, you know, I think it is entirely dependent upon what people are struggling with and what people are going through. Um, I, the, the, you know, for, for people who are struggling, you know, financially and physically and, and that sort of thing, um, the, the responsibility of us Christians is action. You know, we, we need to 
Yeah. We need to we need to provide for their needs. This is not the time for platitudes. This is the time to, you know, donate to, you know, a, a, the church so that people can get what they need in this particular season to, to survive. You know, that that's what people need right now. And so, mm-hmm. you know, a Bible verse is great and we need to give them a Bible verse. But we also need to say, but here is also, you know, here here's a box of food for you. Here's here's yeah. what you need to get mm-hmm. through this particular week. That's one of the reasons God has given the church is to support others when they're struggling, you know, for us who have to give to those who, who don't have. I mean, that's just one of the fundamental reasons God has set up the church. And then, you know, in all things, Jesus just gives us the, the rule for life, which is uh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And so what we need to do as best as we can is to put our mind in, 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 in you know, think, think, okay, if we were in that person's situation, how would we want someone to treat us and then treat that person that way? And that sort of, for me, that simplifies so much of, of life, you know, just do to others as you would have, what would I want people to do to me if I were in their situation? That's what I'm going to do to them. And that's just how we live. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that it, and we've talked about this before. I'm big on action. Like that's, that's my yeah. thing. Like we, we need to take action. And as the church, especially right now, this is an opportunity to act as we are supposed to act and not just like you say, Bible verses are yeah. important and scripture is really, really powerful, but showing and actually living that out is beyond any platitude or verse we could give someone who is actually physically in need. So, and we're doing that at say, church. Our, our church has been doing awesome at this. Yes. I mean, you, you, I've been able to go to church a few times and like our, our new pavilion area you know, is, is full of things that people have donated. I mean, it's, it's, it is amazing the ways that people have stepped up. I I work the online chat sometimes and, you know, almost every time I work it, there's someone asking, what do you guys need? How can I donate? What, you know, do you need this? Can we donate? So the church is doing incredible in this season. And I think that I've been so impressed with the way that the church has responded. You know, we are, we are showing that, that we, we get what Jesus says and, and we're doing it. And so that's, that's been a great thing for, for me personally. And I think for God's church as a whole. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And I'm, I'm seeing the same thing and uh, man, it just, it's such a weird time. It's such a weird yeah. time, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, thank you for coming on and answering some of these questions. And I feel better personally <laughs> to know yeah. that, you know, that th- this is not necessarily as it, it's bad. And it's a problem, but it's not something that um, a lot of these articles and people that I'm hearing talk about uh, saying end of the world times and some of this stuff. It's, and I don't even like it's, like you said at the beginning, this shouldn't be something that necessarily scares us as Christians. We should take joy in saying, hey, the end is coming. Right. Yes, absolutely. So. There's a verse I was trying to look it up, but I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I know that what it says. It's in Isaiah, I believe. And I just want to leave leave everybody with this. It's a verse that says, "Some trust in in horses, some trust in chariots, but but our trust is in God." You know, and that's just what we need to remember. It's yeah. like all all these things that that people trust in, you know, stock market and portfolios and all that sort of stuff. You know, our trust is in God, and and that is true in good times, and that's true in difficult times. And as we trust in God, he, he will prove faithful. He, he loves us. He is with us. He's for us. You know, we're not alone in this. He's with us everything, every step of the way that we go. And that's, that's what, that's, that's truth. And we need to hold on to that. Amen. I love it. 
I love it. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, well, thanks so much for doing this. And uh, I think this we're going to get some more questions. If you're watching this and you have any co other questions, anything you'd like to ask Chris, we would love to hear from you. And uh, he would love to answer you. Wouldn't you? You'd like to answer, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. And if you have any stock tips, just uh, send them to Chris at friends.church. It'll be great. Um, all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Todd. No problem. Thanks for checking out the Jesus and Coffee podcast. We're really excited that you're here with us. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this. And if you have any uh, any feedback you'd like to give us, leave us a review. As many stars as you like, but comment and give us some an idea of what you're getting out of this or what you like to hear differently. Also, you can email us, jesusandcoffeeshow at gmail.com. You can get us there, or you can go to the website, jesusandcoffeeshow.com, and it takes you there. You can find all the episodes. You can find our YouTube channel. You can find all the things. We are really blessed to have you as part of our community. We want to get out there, talk about Jesus. We want to drink coffee and spread the gospel as we're called to do in Matthew 28 as Christians. Thanks so much for being here. And this has been the Jesus and Coffee Show. I'm Todd Frazier. Drink up and be blessed.